Hello everybody, this is Subrat from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show and today we have Jonathan S. Marion, a transformational life coach, consultant and speaker helping accomplished professionals from CEO to school teachers live deeply meaningful and fulfilling lives. He believes that when you like, connect and communicate authentically, we send out ripples, which send out ripples, which make the world a more caring and connected one ripple kind. Having seen this dynamic over 20 plus years as an award-winning cultural anthropology professor and author, he feels that how we show up is the key to living deeply meaningful and fulfilling life. So without further ado, welcome Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Subrat. Wonderful, Jonathan. First, we will mostly know about your story. How did you get started in this profession? Like, what, like when you got your wake-up call, coach people, and what exactly inspired you to become a coach? So tell us a little bit about yours. Sure. As you had mentioned, I had previously been a cultural anthropology professor. And in the first half of 2019, I was doing sabbatical research in Brazil and Rio de Janeiro. And I was staying with a very good friend of mine. And there was one day I was just sitting in his living room and looking around and realizing that I was staying in a bedroom that was smaller than the closet in my master suite back home, but that I felt more at home staying in this small apartment. And I started to really ask myself, why do I feel more at home in this much more humble setting. And it really came down to the quality of relationships that my friends in Brazil, they knew what I did professionally. They were proud of me. They were proud for me, but they loved me, the person. And it wasn't about the accomplishments by external measures. It wasn't about the teaching evaluations. It wasn't about how many articles I'd published. It wasn't, did I have another book contract? And that made me really start to question which direction I wanted to go with things. And as I started to question it, part of what I was noticing is that as a tenured faculty member, 40% of my job was research. And I'm good at academic research. I have multiple academic books out. I'm good at it, but I don't love it. And 20% is professional leadership. And I'm good at that. I've been the pro president of multiple national, international academic organizations, but I don't love it. And the other 40% is teaching. And the more I thought about it, it was, okay, but it's not all of teaching. It's not the learning outcomes that are established by the central guiding uh, influences and administrators at the university. And it's not even the middle of the class where you're delivering content or grading papers. It's the informal time. It's the 10 and 15 minutes before and after class when students have their own questions about, wait, how does this apply to this thing that happened with my family or my friends or that I saw on TV? Or when I was working with my graduate students, especially like my MA and my PhD students, because I don't have a lab as a cultural anthropologist. It's not they're doing research under me. I'm helping them figure out what are their questions and how are they going to find their own answers to their own questions? Yeah. That's life quotes, right? What are yeah. your questions and how are you going to find your own answers? And being a facilitator for that's what I'm passionate about. And so that's what helped me choose that I was going to go into coaching. And how it's going on now? Like, y'all. Oh, yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. So it's going really well. I had to do a little bit of a restart. I'd been building the coaching business really starting in 2020 through 21. I'd meant to really grow it in 22. Unfortunately, 
my mother got very ill and then passed away. And this is something that happens in to all people in life. Yeah. And yeah, it's part of what happens and that's okay. But so I'm rebuilding. I've lost some inertia and some momentum. But again, life happens in cycles. It's not just a one-way thing. That and it's true. not when there's a detour, that means you can't get back on path. Correct. Yeah, 100%. At that point of time, we always felt so bad, like why all the things happened with us. But as a human, uh, if you can see all the things in a realistic way, then life means is not getting all the day pleasure, happiness and all sad things is also a part of it, right? Absolutely. And I think that's super important that if you really want to live a meaningful and fulfilling life, it you have to engage with life as it is. And I think if we only try and focus on a certain small range of that, then the actual sort of amplitude of all of our experiences, including the good ones, is artificially narrow. Better. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now you are mostly focusing on coaching or you have like other options like group coaching or working with organizations, like any kind of online programs. Like how do you operate? What kind of options are available if anyone wants to get coaching from you? Sure. So what I do the most falls into two or three buckets. There is one-on-one -on -one coaching. I love doing that. Again, it was that type of helping people find their own questions and their own answers that brought me into coaching. That said, there's a lot to be gained from interaction. And again, it's what I saw in, say, graduate seminars when I used to teach them. Because, yeah, it's each student pursuing their own project, but still being informed by hearing how other people think about it. So I both have group programs oriented around my signature model and framework. I have group programs around finding and building and maximizing your own strengths. And I can also custom design things because, again, it's about supporting whoever I work with in what they do. I also do consulting along the same lines for organizations to just get really clear on where are they now, where do they want to go, and what's the right way for them to get there which is very different from saying there's a one-size-fits-all approach. And of course, I speak on all of these topics as well and uh, am happy to meet people in person, but especially in as global and connected a world as it is and as we all learned how easy it was to work online during the pandemic in particular, yeah. most of what I offer is available only one-to-one -one coaching, certainly group programs, certainly speaking. And I welcome anyone who's just even interested. Let's have a conversation. and. If I'm really going to be able to add value to you, then I'd love to find a way to work with you. And that makes sense for both of us. But it goes back to that issue of ripples you were talking about. If I'm not going to have the most impact for you, then maybe I know someone who will, or maybe I can help you figure out how to find the person who will, because I want to be showing up and spending my time in the way that's going to have the most impact. Yeah. I mean, like when people get in touch with you, it's like basically the fast distance, right? So like, are you providing the process and for free or is it like a paid? I do a half hour consultation for free. So to me, that's oh, not okay. actually a session, but that's really a chemistry match. That's do we as people, does our energy work together? Are the things that you're interested in getting support on, are those really my specialty? Yeah. So for example, someone who wants support in finding a new job, could I offer help? Sure I could, but that's not my specialty. And I want you to work with someone who's passionate about what you're trying to get support on. So let me help you find the right person for you. That's not me because that's not what I'm passionate about. Yeah, got it, got it. Got it. 
But also there are several questions always going inside like people's mind that needs should a coach have an experience in order to coach clients or like anybody can do you know certification of any type of NLP and all they can coach anyone. Is it necessary to have an experience? Anyone can how to ask right questions are becoming. Yeah, so I think that's a tiny bit tricky. The cultural anthropologist in me wants to acknowledge that there are lots of different ways of gaining knowledge and experience and that they're not all through formal instruction. At the same time, I think that the fact that so many people can just call themselves a coach can be really dangerous and harmful. And so where I really approve of different organizations, such as the International Coaching Federation, the European Society, is that they have an ethical standard around it. And so what I think is the most important part there is not necessarily the training in particular coaching questions, but the fact that there's actual guidelines and people have been certified that they understand what is ethical practice. Because if you're going to ask people to trust you to help facilitate for them, it's really important that we're not putting our own agendas and our own perspectives of what's right onto someone else who that may not be what's right for them. So it's for the ethical considerations that I think the certifications are very important. Someone might not have training in a particular domain of coaching, but if they have life experience that goes with it, if they have passion for it, I trust that they're not going to be doing something that they shouldn't be if they have the background and the training about being ethical. Yeah. Adding to that, what do you think that uh, what are the most important qualities for a successful coach, you know, that needs to be for this? Yeah, that's such an important question, Subhrat. Thank you for asking. I think the most important one has to do with letting go of your ego. It's not about you. It's not about the coach. It's about whoever they're working with, whether it's one-on-one client, whether it's a room full of people in a speaking engagement, whether it's in a group program. My job as a coach, and I think this is where the term coach can get tricky, it's not the same as a sports team. It's not the coach tells you what to do. It's the analogy that one of my coaching mentors used that I really is my job as a coach is to walk next to you with a flashlight. If I walk in front of you and I'm holding a flashlight, you can only follow behind me. If I'm walking behind you, you're casting a shadow and can't really see. But if I'm walking next to you, then my job is to shine the light where maybe you don't see it, but you decide what's the right way forward for you. And so that letting go of the ego I'm not attached to, do they think I'm doing a good job? Am I impressing them? That's all about me. It's all about the client. So I think that's number one. Number two has to do with believing in absolutely everyone's innate value and capacities. Everyone can get there. Everyone can figure out a way forward. It's not you have to hire a coach. You have to get a therapist, anything like that. It's that because I'm there and I can be a mirror, and I can create and hold space. It makes it easier. It makes it less draining. It hopefully makes it much faster. But everyone is capable in and of themselves. And if you don't think that your client is capable, then I don't think you can coach them well. And so I'd say number two is just believing in everyone's innate capacity and absolute value in and of themselves. And the final part that I think really ties those together is as a coach, you have to be able to hold non-judgmental space, serve as a mirror, and again, just walking beside the client, shining that light for them. The minute that my own evaluations of 
wrong, good, bad, enter the space, I'm no longer coaching. That's not what a coach does. I don't know what's right for you. I need to be able to hold the space non-judgmentally and help you figure out, is this right for you? And only you are the legitimate judge of that. Yeah. Like, you know, in entire world, everyone, each and every time the judges right? So as a coach, if you are also judging there, then there is no point come to a coach or get coaching, right? And also like most important thing here is that as a coach, you have to connect with the clients, their level, not your level, right? Because that is a two different things. Absolutely. And it's the same as anytime you're trying to meet someone. If I'm trying to have a good conversation with you, I can't just start talking about whatever is on my mind if it's something that you have no interest in. It's you meet people where they are if you want to have an interaction. I can't possibly coach you if we're not interacting. And if we're interacting and it's about I'm the one steering about what, then again, that's not coaching. Got it. Got it that's got I'm it. interviewing you. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. <laughs> that is what like right now I'm doing. Yeah. But you're not, I, I didn't get on the show to be coached, right? I got on the show to be interviewed about being a coach. So it's yeah. exactly right. Got it. Yeah. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And also, like when it comes to coaching, accountability is the most important part. If their client is not accountable, then like they are not going to get whatever they are looking for or wherever they want to right? Like as a coach, sometimes it completely depends on the clients that how do they make themselves accountable. And also sometimes as a coach, like what kind of process and what kind of things that you have to make them accountable, right? So how do you balance holding your clients while also being compassionate and supportive enough? Yeah, so I think the first part of it is I can't make anyone accountable, right? Yes. Only they can. So part of that is then from the beginning and even in like a chemistry meeting to begin with, part of coaching is figuring out what counts as success for the client because it can't be my measures of it. It has to be what do they want to get out of this engagement? What are they seeking support with? It's then my job to be a mirror for them and facilitate greater perspective on themselves. And this means I'm not working in their best interest if I don't hold up that mirror, if I'm only a cheerleader, if I'm just saying, great, good job, keep going. And the fact is that they're not progressing, that's yeah. not in their best interest. So yeah. I provide accountability by being that honest mirror by showing a client when what they're saying their goal is or they say yeah. they care about isn't actually lining up with what they're doing. But again, by the measures as they have defined it. Part of doing that well, as I already alluded to, is it's not for me to judge. One of the critical tenets of coaching is that the client's far more of an expert on themselves than I can ever be. I provide compassion by never mistaking accountability for judgment. I see a mismatch between what you said was the goal or what you said was important and what I see happening. And accountability isn't calling them out on it and saying, you should be doing something different. It's just saying, look, there's a mismatch. What's going on? Because maybe there's a more critical value at play. Maybe it's the measure of success was what came to mind to them. And now that they're becoming more introspective or now that we're digging in deeper, they're going, oh, wait a minute there's something else that's actually more important to me and I hadn't thought about. That's not for me to decide. I'd say the shortest, most succinct version of that is an idea that one of my coaching mentors pointed out that we serve our clients best when we cushion the delivery, never the message. 
So I'm always going to be compassionate about pointing out there's a mismatch here. You are not pursuing what you said was important. I'm going to call that, but it's never accusatory. It's never you're wrong for that. It's never why aren't you? It's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So can you share like a, a, one of your example of your coaching client success stories that is really close to your? Yeah. The one that's actually, I think, closest to my heart was actually the first client I had who went through my full sort of system. I'd been working as a coach already, but really refining my model and my approach. And the first client I had who went all the way through it was Charles Davidson. And he is the founder of a very amazing nonprofit, which had a different name at the time. And through our work, it got rebranded as Innovations and Peace Building International. And it was so interesting because I was working with him around the former version of the nonprofit, but also around his academic career and some other things going on in his personal and professional lives. And just what was the alignment? What were the things that were important? And what was so amazing was to see the clarity he gained on what was important to him, why where he was at when he founded the nonprofit versus where did he want to go with it. And they're working on sustainable peace-building initiatives with former child combatants. You want to talk about making a difference in the world. That's amazing work. And while he and I never directly spoke about strategies or tactics for finances, that's not my specialty, he got so much clarity on what mattered to him and what he was trying to do and why it was important and how he wanted to show up that between rebranding, restructuring, when I checked in with him three months after we finished our coaching engagement, they had three times as much in the bank as when we started. And when I checked in with him a year after, they were at 10 times as much in the bank. And it's not because we talked strategy or tactics about money. It was, how are you showing up? How are you showing up for yourself? How are you showing up for the people around you? How are you showing up for all of the projects you're supporting. And so that goes back to those ripples. Got it. It's basically the way you do one thing is the way you Absolutely. Work. And when you got that level of achievement, like your mind always tells us to do more and more, to get more and more, right? So it's just programming yourself, your mindset, like how you are going to work. Yeah, I think the important part there is gaining the, the awareness so you can be intentional. I don't think you have anyone listening to the show who thinks that fast food is a healthy choice, but that doesn't mean that people don't eat fast food. It doesn't mean I never do. And the whole point there is that we all have lots of reasons for the things we do. And if we approach those things with genuine curiosity, if we go to what's the underlying logic, what are the things that are people are getting from it? then we can start to go, okay, what might be other ways and what's really important to you? And okay, maybe it's no big deal to you if every two weeks you grab fast food on the way home and it makes your life easier. Then you don't need to be have any self-recriminations of, oh, that wasn't a healthy choice. No, you're aware of the fact that you do it every once in a while and you're okay with it. Or if you're not, then let's figure out why are you doing that? What's the underlying need? And what's a way to address it that you'll feel good about going forward? Yeah. Okay, Jonathan, Enos, like if you just put all your experience, knowledge and all the honest life journey and put it into a book, then it's basically like you're going to write your autobiography. 
how do you name it? Sure. I would name the book Steps Along the Way, which okay. is actually the name of my coaching business. And it's for the oh, same okay. reason, yeah. because all of my personal and professional experiences have shown me how we get to be who we are in this very moment is the steps along the way we've taken to get here. And that going forward, it's paying attention to our steps along the way. As I just said, taking them within, that's what ultimately makes the most significant difference in the quality of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and So tell us what is the best possible way to reach out to you so that our people can find you and get in touch. Sure. So the best way to just gain some information, there's also a contact form. There's also a calendar to schedule free consultation is all one word, lowercase steps along the way dot global. And again, I work with clients from anywhere, again, especially online. So I put dot global, not dot com so that people are really aware that both as far as general availability, but also especially with my cultural anthropology background, I love interacting with people and I feel like I have a lot of background to really understand different, especially in the consulting and the speaking work, different audiences that I can bring to it that someone else may not. So stepsalongtheway.global, or people can also email me directly at SATW coaching. Yeah. So it's SATW for steps along the way, SATW coaching at gmail.com. Awesome. Guys, do make sure you follow Jonathan, wonderful person, great personality, great journey. And you can reach out to him according to your coaching needs. So that was this episode of Sparking Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much for being on the show, Jonathan. And it was an honor to hosting you today. Absolutely. My pleasure, Subrat. Thank you for having me. Second, Jonathan. So that's it. I am your host, Subrat, signing off. And you guys have a wonderful day. Please take care of your health and just watching this party on the show. Thank you guys. Bye, guys.